It's five o'clock in the morning. Conversation got boring. You said you go off to your bedroom. Let's go. So I snoke off to your bedroom. Come on. I thought I'd just wait there. Wait on me until you came up the stairs. I won't let you stay lonely and pretend that I was sleeping. All right. And I was hoping that you would creep in. Good night. Uh, welcome back to the podcast, folks. Uh, one Man, One Tree in a Hill. I'm your host, Jared Waters. Uh, it's a pleasure wherever you are in the world. Good afternoon, good morning, good night. It's 5 o'clock in the morning for me. Uh, that was T-Pain, uh, Teddy P. You ever been just like cleaning in your house or like washing dishes and you put that T-Pain essential playlist and you realize how talented that man was. Man, I love T. I was like, man, T-Pain got some hits. But that that song, 5 o'clock in the morning, just hit me. And it's 5 o'clock in the morning now. So I was like, F, man. Shout out to Teddy Teddy P. I never met him, but shout out to his music. I love that. Uh, phase 3, folks. That's what we're in. Phase 3. Phase 3, New York City. Phase 3, which means that nail salons, hair salons, and like barber shops are open now in New York City. So we're slowly like opening back up. And you just see a lot of people getting their feet done and getting their nails. I didn't know how much money goes into feet and nails. Holy Moses. Like so many people go in. So many people. Like self-care is a lot. Self-care is a lot. So getting their nails done and feet done. Barber shops open. I don't I don't trust my barber completely. And I know I should be supporting him. But I think he might have COVID. Uh, we have a good relationship. And every time I ask him about the COVID test, he starts sending me uh <laughs> Illuminati, uh, <laughs> Illuminati stuff, and I'm like, what does this have to do with you taking a test? Now they're trying to, I was like, yeah, do you have COVID or not, brother? I'm not trying to go into your shop and get sick because of you, because I got to take off my mask, and you're going to be close to me with a razor, and you're cutting my face, but uh, shout out to my barber. Hopefully, he gives his life to Christ, you know what I mean? He's a Christian already, but still, hopefully, you know, I, I might just have to find a new barber. But that's what it is, phase three, that's New York City. So everyone's outside. We could be around like 15 to people now, but we're still socially distanced, six feet, which is cool. So a lot of people at the parks now, a lot of barbecues are happening in New York City. And Georgia is on phase one. Like, what is going on in Georgia? Like, what are y'all doing out there? Goodness, Atlanta's back to phase one. Like, the COVID spikes that hit down south. And the governor, uh, Brian Kemp, is just like, F no, man, we're not covering our masks. So Georgia, whew, about to see a spike. Uh, we just jumped right into it. We forgot to who our sponsors. Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is sponsored by Frontline Roofing and Restoration. Frontline Roofing and Restoration is a locally owned business specializing in residential roofing, commercial roofing, and restoration projects. This business is in Ohio, ladies and gentlemen. So if you have a roof and you need a roof done or a roof fixed inside Ohio, you should hit up Frontline Roofing. You can call their number, 513 and if you can't reach them there, or if you can, if you want to email, it's frontline.roof at gmail. And you can go to their website, www.frontlineroofingohio.com. Frontline Roofing, ladies and gentlemen, is a local-owned business specializing in residential roofing, commercial roofing, and restoration projects. And if you use the promo code OMOTAH, that's one man, one tree, and a hill, uh, you get a fret, uh, you get a especially a free you get a free estimate. So that's what I'm giving you, ladies and gentlemen, Frontline Roofing and Restoration. Also, we like to plug uh, black businesses as well. This business is by Tori Bell Cosmetics slash Barbie Love, my dear friend Jackie Street. Uh, she is uh, designing and selling eyelashes. And if you got bad eyes, 
you probably need to see a doctor for glasses, but if you want to fix your eyelashes, she designs eyelashes. So go ahead and get you a pair. Like how many times have you been swimming and your eyelash came off or how many times you've been in the shower and your eyelash fell off and you get scared because you think it's like a baby roach and you're like, yo, I don't even know why there's roaches in this house because I cleaned this house with ammonia, but it's really your eyelash. So uh, go to uh, Tory Bell Cosmetics slash Barbie Love and get you some eye eyelashes. To be honest, I don't know if she does eyebrows, but I feel like eyebrows are just essential. Like, I think, like, the eyebrows, for me personally, that is the hardest part of the body, like, eyebrows. Like, making sure there are so many people shave off their eyebrows, so many people tattoo their eyebrows, so many people fade in their eyebrows. Like, eyebrows is such a, like, you get bushy eyebrows. Eyebrows, I think eyebrows are important, too. So, hopefully the next phase is, like, getting some uh, eyebrows as well. I remember I effed up my eyebrows. Me and my lady were going on a date like five years ago, and she said a comment like, you and your bushy eyebrows, and I was like, F. So I went to the bathroom like, put water on it, and then I like had a plastic knife, and I was trying to comb them, and I combed it too hard. Now I have like a soldier boy cr cross in my eyebrows. But shout out to all those ladies and dudes that shave their eyebrows and draw them back on. We appreciate your service, and it takes a real unique skill, especially your hand motion, to draw on eyebrows and make it look real. I personally don't like thin eyebrows. I just don't, I don't know, it scares me a little bit when people have thin eyebrows. But, like, the thick ones, I like that. The little high arch and the little boomerang thing, I like that. But whatever, you know, you're not my significant other, so have your eyebrows however you want. But if you're getting eyelashes, kind of went into a tangent. If you're getting eyelashes, make sure you go to Tory Bell Cosmetics slash Barbie Love and get you that. All right. So first, we're going to start this week off with sad news. A lot of sad news has been happening. Civil rights veteran uh, Reverend C.T. Vivian has died at the age of 95. If you don't know who C.T. Vivian was, uh, he was an associate of Martin Luther King Jr. in the 1965s. And he was beaten by a segregation sheriff in Selma while trying to register for black voters. And that moment sparked some of the mooting and the voting rights. And he just passed away at 95. He lived a full life. And we thank him for his services. And recently, as of recently, uh, even sad news, John Lewis, John Lewis passed away. If you don't know who John Lewis, John Lewis was a, he's what you call a, a civil rights activist. John Lewis uh, protested against segregation buses in the South, which became known as the Freedom Rides. And you got to think about it, he was like 14 doing this, 14, arrested over 40 times. Uh, he spoke at the landmark march on Washington in 1963 where Dr. King delivered his I Have a Dream speech, and he was like the warm-up act in a respectful way. He spoke as well, but Martin Luther King, his speech was like the highlight of the speech. But he was there. He's been there since like he's been loyal to the soil. Uh, he was one of the protesters brutalized by the cops during the march from Selma to Montgomery, and he led hundreds of marches across the, the, bu the Edmund I said, Pettis bus bridge, and he was clubbed by state troopers. And... Uh, I remember he, he put this tweet out on July 7th. He goes, 59 years ago, I was released from the penitentiary and arrested in Jackson, Mississippi for using a white restroom. So John Lewis has really been about it for a long time. And it's sad. He died of pan pancreatic cancer. And knowing that somebody fought for you, fought for you so hard, not even for you, for your people, you know, that's a tough loss inside the the black community. I want to play a clip. And this is when he got his uh, his Medal of Freedom. He was awarded the Medal of Freedom in 2011, which I find it's very enlightening. Over a doorway in Nashville where students first refused to leave lunch counters 51 years ago. 
this February. And the quote said, if not us, then who? If not now, then when? It's a question John Lewis has been asking his entire life. It's what led him back to the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma after he'd already been beaten within an inch of his life days before. It's why time and again he faced down death so that all of us could share equally in the joys of life. It's why all these years later he is known as the conscience of the United States Congress, still speaking his mind on issues of justice and equality. And generations from now, when parents teach their children what is meant by courage, the story of John Lewis will come to mind. An American who knew that change could not wait for some other person or some other time, whose life is a lesson in the fierce urgency of now. From his activism in the civil rights movement to his nearly 25 years in the House of Representatives, John R. Lewis has dedicated his life to shattering barriers and fighting injustice. The son of sharecroppers from Alabama, he rose with courage, fortitude, and purpose to organize the first student sit-ins and the earliest freedom rides. The youngest speaker at the 1963 March on Washington, a fearless advocate and a distinguished member of Congress, John Lewis has earned our lasting gratitude for a lifetime dedicated to the pursuit of equality and justice for all. And that was freaking amazing, man. That's amazing that he he marched so just black people could vote, and he was there for to see the first black president. And I just want to leave you with some quotes by John Lewis that I found. Like he had a, he had a book in 2011. He was on the show called The Nightly Show of Larry Wilmore. And it was kind of cool, his last lap of life, how everyone did it. He said this quote, he said, Do not get lost in sea of despair. Be hopeful, be optimistic. Our struggle is not the struggle of the day, a week, or month, or a year. It is the struggle of a lifetime. Never, ever be afraid to make some noise. Get in good trouble, necessary trouble. And this is the last quote. Uh, this is when he was on the, night, the Daily Show with uh, Trevor Noah. He goes, During the 1960s, I was arrested 40 times. And since I've been in Congress another five times, and I'll probably get arrested again for something else. But you have to be prepared to say, you may beat me, you may arrest me or throw me in jail. I almost died on that bridge for the right to vote. I gave a little blood, but other people gave their lives. So if you have my skin pigment, uh, which is black, I think I'm black. Yeah, I've been black most of my life. Go vote, man. A lot of people put their lives on there for vote. I understand that you think, a lot of people think voting isn't everything, but just freaking do it. And right now they have to pass a voting act. They're voting again to see if black people can vote. The Voter Rights Act, the Voter Rights Bill, I think. It's called the Voting Rights Advancement Act. Hearing where it's just like where they're going to vote again to see if black people can vote. So, you know, there's other stuff we got to do. But that was uh, Representative John Lewis, man. And that's what making an impact is. Like I, s I think I said this quote this week. I said this all the time in the podcast. If someone was writing your book, what would they say about you? And for John Lewis, we could say a lot, man. So shout out to John Lewis and rest in power is what we say. Rest in power, not rest in peace, rest in power. Um, other news, not even other news, just freaking uh, Breonna Taylor stills uh, cops haven't been arrested. And I like just I like just keep putting it down because I, I like how now the corruption is being uncovered and you see what's really going on. If you don't know Breonna Taylor, they say when they killed her, she was alive and they just like left her unattended. 
I'll let you hear it. I'll let you hear it so, you know, you don't think I'm the, my bull jiving. Here we go, folks. Courier Journal reporting that Breonna Taylor was alive after police shot her and nobody tried to treat her. Dispatch logs obtained by the journal show that more uh, than 20 minutes after Taylor was fatally shot, she lay there receiving no medical attention. And reportedly for at least five of those 20 minutes, she was alive. She was struggling. She was coughing for breath, coughing to breathe. Folks, if that don't F you up, then you're a freaking, you're a sick individual. I'm not going to say you're sick, but, you know, that you just left this woman out to die. So that's why people are out here, you know, fighting for justice and fighting for everything else. But, you know, that's what we got to do. We got to stay up. We got to stay up and stay down. You know what I mean? Keep the pressure. Keep the pressure. That's what it is. Pressure bridge pipes. And if you don't got pipes in your house, uh, you know, pressure pops tires. They could do that. Uh, other news, I'll wrap up my week. It's been a, it's been a really good week. I finally finished this uh, this writer packet I sent for NBC uh, for this TV show that I was working on. Uh, just It's like a, a blind submission, so, you know, you do a blind submission. And I felt good about the sketches that I wrote and the pilots that I wrote. And then we had to, I had this meeting, this meeting with this manager. We had a meeting. We just discussed. We discussed a lot. She was a very nice person. She's from this company. I didn't sign an NDA, but I'm not going to say everything. But uh, sh- we're talking, and we talked about some of the things that I've written, about like original ideas and stuff that she liked. And she asked me this question about your podcast. She goes, I see you have a podcast. You have a nice following. Would you be willing to sell your podcast to like to put it on a different platform? And uh, just I was just like, nah, you know what I mean? And I, I kind of did like a trial run with them where I interviewed uh, someone they suggested. And it just didn't go well. Like, it, it went well, but it didn't go well because the, the person that we interviewed, she was very timid. And I can't say what show she's from, but she's from a TV show. And she said a lot of stuff. And then at the end, she didn't want us to use the stuff. She didn't want to do this. She wanted her name bleeped out. And I'm like, you know what? We're not going <laughs> to. We're just going to move on. I like this podcast because I'm alone with my own thoughts, but I love talking to people that I haven't talked to in a long time. Like, I'm so inspired by people around me and people in this world that I've crossed paths on different planets. And I've only been to this planet, but you never know where my mind has been. Like, freaking this week, I freaking, my friend uh, Alora hit me up. Are we going to get her up there? So it's just so many people that I was like, man, I feel like the best conversations happen from people you haven't heard of in, like, 10 years. And then today, well, last night, I was on the train, and I, I forgot what I was looking at on Instagram. I think I was looking at I was looking at DJ McCarry, who's a dear friend of mine. And uh, all of a sudden, he just calls. He calls. And I'm like, what up, man? And I'm like in the midst of the train. Like, I'm on the train going from Brooklyn to Manhattan. I'm like trying to like not touch anything on the train or like touch anything. I got my face covered up. So he's like, what's up, J-Ram? I'm like, what's up, man? I said, dude, I would love to talk, but I'm literally on the train right now. Let me hit you back. So I call him back. He's not, he's not uh, available. And then today, as I'm going on the train, I'm going to this c- comedy show. Uh, DJ calls, and I got the wrong train, so I was stuck for like ten minutes. So I had ten minutes to talk to him, and uh, we talked, and I j- we talked about stuff, and like at the end of our conversation, like I felt myself getting emotional talking to him. I was like, "Yo, I love you. I love you too." Boom. 
But I noticed this about myself that I've explored. I noticed that when I talk to my friends, there's a part of my life that I try to like block out. There's a reason why certain friends I try not to speak to. And it's not because I have a problem with them. It's just like they remind me so much of my friend that passed away. So I'm always just effed up about that. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, I don't want him to pass away. But then again, I was like, yo, man, just imagine us having this. And DJ's like, yo, I'm down to do the podcast, man. We could talk. Because everything I told him that I was feeling like going through my life, he goes, dude, I feel the same way. I'm like, man, it's so crazy how we both feel this kinetic thing. So it was like dope, you know. Was, I was like, I was like sitting there like, I was like, yo, what the freak am I so emotional for? But uh, it was dope talking to him. So we're just going to get get everyone. Uh, my friend Carla, uh, Carla, she did episode uh, 27, episode 27. And... Uh, <laughs> I showed her this picture back in the day, and she said, like, how'd you find this picture? I don't know how I found it. But she goes, I wonder what these people are up to. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to find them all. I've been on this thing where I just like find, I just like finding people, and I want to just have like a conversation with just like friends and just catch up with them and how how much they're doing. Because I feel like I l- you learn a lot from a person who experienced life, is experienced the same earth that you're in just through a different lens, and I find that amazing. So, yeah, we're not selling the podcast at all we're keeping it in-house also this week a lot of comedy shows is happening in new york city uh good i've done i did a, a zoom show right uh and you know i felt the way you know i was doing the old school way like i don't do zoom i do stand up the real way everything else but one of my friends asked me like jared can you please can you close the show i was like yeah i'll do it fun you know what i mean i like to hit the grid button so i can see what's going on and just look at people's dirty houses or see what they're doing and the other shows I did, one was in a park in Queens, so we're like in the park and like this, it's like a proscenium stage, and you could like, there's a microphone, you call out. And the second show was on a roof uh, with my dear friend Mallory Bryant. And the reason why, I sometimes I notice about myself that when I'm doing stand-up comedy, if 60 people are laughing and there's 61 people there, I'm looking at the one person that's not laughing and wondering what's up with this person. Instead of realizing, yo, you're not Jesus. You don't got to go after this one sheep. Just F that sheep. Let that sheep, <laughs> that sheep might be going through some things. So this show is like 60 people. It's on a rooftop, so you got to go up to the roof. And, like, New York City looks amazing when you're up top. Like, when you're down low, it's kind of, like, dirty and, you know, there's nasty people. But <laughs> uh, but up, as higher as you go up, you, ha- you have that moment. I was like, yo, freak, I'm living in New York City, dog. I'm in the big city. I'm freaking doing what I dreamed about, like, okay, you had that, that reassurance, so she asked me to take the bullet spot, now, if you're not aware of comedy, comedy is different spots, the bullet spot is usually the first time you go, if you've ever been to a comedy show, if you're in the South or in the Midwest, the show usually goes like this, host, that's the guy that gets up there, welcomes you to the show, the middle, right, that's called the feature spot, and the headline is the person you paid to come see, right, Usually the headliner brings the feature act, but the host is a local person, and they take the bullet. Take the bullet, meaning they're trying to tell jokes while the waitresses are asking, do you want a beer? You want beer? It's a two-item minimum. No, no, you got to, well, okay, well, if your tickets are, it's still two-item minimum. You're hearing all that on stage while trying to usher a show. But if you live in New York City, Chicago, or L.A., there are a lot of spot shows. So everyone does like, it's like 600 comics in New York City, and then there's 17,000 comics that think they are comics, right? So that's not a shot at them. That's what they think. And so you're doing like 10-minute, 10 10-minute, 10-minute, 10-minute spots. So, so 10-minute spots. So there's the bullet spot where you got to take the bullet. The host does his job, and if the host does a good job, 
the bullets easy, but your job is like to kick off the show of high energy, right? And there's another spot called the check spot. The check spot is usually where they drop the checks, like, and that's usually a disruptive spot because that's when people start to look at their money. So all these old people, they turn on flashlights. So imagine you telling jokes and there's some guys, a flash. I didn't pay for water. Who paid for water? That's not my bill. And they're arguing over stuff. So the check spot. So the goal is if you have high energy, it's good to do the check spot because you can delay the check spot to another person, right? So this is her second time on the roof, and it's packed out. And she goes, Jared, I picked you because I just wanted you to uplift the show, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to give you extra time. I said, kablooey, kablam, kazam. Do the show. show was fine. It was great. And the reason why I say that because me and Mallory, I remember we came to New York City the same time, and we used to do these backwoods shows at like 1 o'clock in the morning. I still do the 1 o'clock, but this was a place called Bunga's Den. Nobody's there. I remember because Mallory was a foot model. She told me she used to model feet. No, all right, cool. Or a hand model. And she would do these things with her hand. And she closed this show out. And I was so proud of her because she had like 15 minutes of new killer material. And I said, girl, Southern Playalistic Cadillac Funky Music. She goes, yeah, I've just been writing and just seeing the growth in her. I was just like, it was like one of those moments where you're like seeing people like you haven't seen in a while. And uh, I've seen these two comics. Uh, one lost 145 pounds, right? Or lost 200 pounds. And the other one gained 200 pounds. And just the opposite of just people just like, oh, my God, you look so good. Dan, oh, my, what is, oh, my God, what is, what is up, man? What, are you okay? Are you, ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, F. But uh, that was, that was the, the weakest shows. So I have another show tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm in Brooklyn. I'm in Brooklyn outside show again so again so that's good uh things that i've been uh i'm gonna get to your emails but this one thing i saw on instagram that really touched me uh my dear friend angel angel i don't like his last name uh, angel lopez that's his name and uh it motivated me seeing this 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 post that he posted he posted about uh posit- body positivity right and he said uh it took me a long time to get to this point and finally start feeling comfortable in my own skin. And I have to say, it's a great feeling. Pride. And he's a trans athlete. And it's crazy because sometimes we don't think about the opposite way. We always think about the other trans trans women, but not trans men. And that just motivated me so much. Like, I'm just proud that my buddy is just, he's happy to be who he is. And he's and he's taking his shirt off. And he's proud to show the, the scar. I don't even think he has scars. I can't even see no scars. But... The confidence that he has. Maybe I shouldn't say this on the podcast. I should just, I should write him. I should write him. I do that all the time. Like, I have all these thoughts in my head. And I was like, maybe it'd be probably meaning more. It'd probably mean more if I write him and tell him this. So, Rick, I'm going to do that today. I'm going to make sure I write him and let him know that, you know, I appreciate him and I appreciate your story. Okay. So, uh, let's get to these emails. Uh, <laughs> a lot of you guys write me about Britney Spears. I don't know what drug she's on, man. I don't know why she looks so weird, man. She looks like a Martian. I don't know what. I don't know if she's trolling us or doing it, but I was like, man, she's always just, lo- she looks like, she looks like, if you ever saw the movie Us, This Is Us, she looks like a tetherhead, like she was on the, op- like she came out the opposite <laughs> side of that little room, and she's like the the doppelganger or something else, of doppelganger of Britney Spears, but shout out to our girl Britney, man, shout out to, to, to Big Britney, what's going on, uh, the old guard. Oh, okay, yeah, you guys emailed about the old guard. I watched that movie. It was cool. I liked it. Oh, uh, the girl who—not the girl, the woman. I gotta stop saying that. The woman who 
did the movie Love and Basketball. She directed this movie, The Guard. And The Guard is pretty much about people who uh, they're eternal, inter- internal, where they don't die. They have, like, all these lives, and they're, like, changing the world. Pretty much like Tuck Everlasting, if that was her story, Tuck Everlasting. And uh, I, I would like to admit that I'm wrong. Um, Naya Rivera, I thought that she committed suicide, but turns out she uh, she was died saving her son, which is um, not amazing, but it's sad, you know, that she died saving her son. I didn't know how big of her impact was, but there's a lot of glee, a lot of glee heads out there, a lot of glee heads talking about how she was a trailblazer, and I, I. Now, after watching all her work, I didn't know she was in Family Matters. She used to date, not 3J, the other boy, Richie. Richie, I remember that. Well, they didn't date at four years old, but I mean, she was in that. And there's another one. She was like six, but my favorite comedian of all time, the reason why I do stand-up is Red Fox. And Red Fox had a show called The Royal Family, and she was a little girl in the Royal Family. So it's like dope seeing all of like the work that she's done. But sometimes you got to praise the people while they're here. You know, you got to praise the people while we're here. So prayers up to the whole Naya Rivera and the Glee class. Um, uh, emails about Hamilton. No, I haven't watched the Hamilton show. And I'm going to be honest, it's weird, but I really don't like musicals. Even though I sing so much, a lot, and I'm a musical person, I don't know why I don't like musicals. But uh, my favorite movie is a musical, The Wiz. Sweet baby, let me tell you about the world that is taken to now exactly what it is. Let me point you to the whiz. He's the whiz and he lives in Oz. That was one of my favorite movies. <laughs> Michael Jackson, ease on down the road. There's another one. Say what you wanna. Cause I'm here to stay, cause I'm a mean old lion. But yeah, I don't know why. The, I Maybe I don't know. I think Broadway performers are the most talented people in the world. A lot of the people that go to my church are Hamilton performers. They go to my church. I remember they told me after church. Well, someone had to leave. Like, I got to get up. I got to do Hamilton in the morning. I was like, oh, you know, I, I went to Hamilton four times. And they're like, four times? And they're like, it's trying to see how much money I had. They're like, why do you go four times? I was like, it's right by my house. They're like, right by your house. I was like, yeah, Hamilton's house. I can, I walk past it all the time. I've seen it a couple of times. Me and my lady just kind of just walked in. Like, did you guys wait in line? I said, F no. We just walked in. Nobody was in line. And they're like, what day did you go? I said, I think it was Friday. You know, Friday. And they're like, Hamilton? I said, yeah, Hamilton's house. And they're like, I was like, yeah, it's only on 135th 30, Street. And they're like, we're talking about the show Hamilton. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, all right. Well, that well, we didn't go yet, but uh, I'll check it out. But it's, it's, it's crazy to me that theater people have such a they're uh, the most talented people, but they all sound the same on shows. You know, it's like the same voice. Isn't it sweet? Da 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 ba da ba ba. And I was like, man, why do they all sound the same? I watched The Lion King, Broadway in New York, and I watched The Lion King Broadway in London, and everything sounded exactly the same. I don't know, I just want more personality a little bit. You know, go with the flow, the flow, go with the flow, which is cool, but like when these Broadway performers are off Broadway, these people sing like Michael Jackson, Tony Braxton, like they got real voices. 
Like when I watched The Lion King, the cartoon, it was just so aggressive. Is that a challenge? Oh no, Mufasa. Don't turn your back on me. Like I like that. But like in <laughs> in like Broadway. Oh no. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's like a, a system or something like that. They're like the most talented people and I guess you have to be talented to conform to this like thing. But I wanna check it out. F it. I wanna I wanna check out Hamilton when I get some time. Uh, a lot of emails. Uh, some of you people have checked me, and I received that check. And my lady checks me as well about my take on this topic. And I realize we live in a world where you know current events come and go, right? And the whole Will Smith and Jada thing. I feel like we never talked about the real issue. Was August being a little platypi of August Alcina Tattleteller, which? Brings up a bigger issue that I think a lot of guys have to address is that toxic masculinity. Masculinity, masculinity, toxic, I'm still good. Toxic masculinity, skinnity, toxic masculinity, that's what it is. Where when I say toxic, meaning that it's a such a boyish thing to do to snitch on a girl. Like most of the time, if a girl is ever, like if her past has ever come up, it's because a man exposed her past. You know what I mean? Or pass around story or pass around everything else. Like, if you think about it, we all are August Alcinas. We all have a little August inside of it. You know what I mean? If you ever been in a locker room or a football locker room and you discussed a woman or discussed a girl, then you're toxic. You know what I mean? Like, who cares if that woman had the graciousness of either swapping spit with you or, like, kissing you or whatever. That's your business. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure she didn't tell you to tell everyone else. You know? So, like, Tupac, he's an August. That's why F. Joe B, fat mother, take money. Jay-Z, August. Uh, super ugly, that's what he talks about. Nas's wife, that's all that slut shaming. That's all toxic. That's straight toxic. So that's the toxic part. And the other part I get is the excitement part. The excitement is, August, you're excited because you hooked up with a girl you probably never thought in a million years you would hook up with, right? I had a, I was August. I had an August situation. I was 16, right? True story, 16. I'm in the Netherlands. And uh, the lunch lady, she's like 26, right? And, uh, you know, I'm in the lunch line, you know, just saying what up. And she's like flirting a little bit. She's like giving me extra chili cheese fries and stuff like that and like not marking things up on my little lunch tray. And we're talking like, what's your name? Blah, blah, blah. She goes, my name is blah, blah, blah. And I said, hey, blam, blah, blam. And next, you know, we started hanging out. And then, you know, we start messing around, right? We start messing around. And I didn't tell anybody. I was excited because, you know, I'm I'm hooking up with the lunch lady. I'm 16. This is, I want to be a baller, shot caller, 20 years blaze, Chevy Impala. Now, thinking back, that's very toxic of just, you know, doing boy, you know, boys brag and stuff like that, which is toxic to brag about whatever. But I didn't tell anybody. What happened was she was the one that really exposed us because she was, like, taking her lunch breaks and trying to go to the basketball courts and talk to me. Oh, girl, if you don't get back in that kitchen, and when I say get back in the kitchen, she worked in a kitchen. I said, if you don't get back in that lunchroom and serve them lunch trays trying to hang out with me, and she would, like, try to drop me off at my house. I'm like, girl, you're 20. I can't tell my mother I'm with a 26-year-old. Uh, <laughs> but when she started hanging out, right, when she started hanging around, like, you know, we were sitting at the tables just chilling outside, you know, eating lunch. You know, because we had a free campus. You, you just you can't wonder why the lunch lady is sitting at a table next to me. That, that's common sense. 
So it was kind of like that. And I, I confirmed it with my boy. There goes the August situation. I confirmed an entanglement. And next thing you know it, boom, it blew up. And she didn't lose her job or anything. I would never you know, wear a snitch like that. But it was just like, oh, I was excited because something I never thought would happen happened. And I was in August. I was a freaking August. I had another August. Okay, I have two more August situations. Now, this is how toxic dudes are, right? This is how toxic me and my friends are. We all have grown men now. We all talked about this, and we all realized that. Who are we to? We had two girls at our high school that were, we called, their nicknames were uh, Rumsfeld, Secretary of State, and the General. One was named after Colin Powell. The other was named after uh, Donald Rumsfeld, Secretary of State. The reason why we called them because these two girls were just good girls. They had their dads in their lives. Uh, we just knew that they were too good for us. We were all dogs, and we made a pact to not talk to any of them. And then when I say that a toxic environment, like football coaches should never be giving high school boys advice about girls unless it's about treating them right. Like you can't say, you know, my football coaches were giving us horrible advice thinking about it now, about how to talk to women and how to talk to girls. If I was in high school, I'd be doing this. Well, you're not in high school. That's weird that you're giving me advice about high school. But uh, so we would do this. We'd all meet up at the library, right? And we would openly discuss what girls everyone's talking to and what's going on so no one would step on each other's toes because there's a lot of dudes there and there's not that many girls. So everyone's going to cross. It's like One Tree Hill. Everyone's going to cross paths. But I remember my friend Prashad goes, he goes, the general's off limits, right? And we're like, why is the general off limits? And then he made a case. He was like, you know, she got her dad in her life. She works out. She goes to the gym. She don't need y'all messing up her head. And in reality, I get, get that he's trying to look out for her. But now as I get older, I realize, like, who am I as a man? Who are we as men to tell, to blackball somebody and say, don't talk to her because we think she's not capable. of? She can do whatever the F she wants, right? So I remember he was always adamant about it. No one talks to her. No one tried to hook up, whatever like that. And I remember, <laughs> I remember, uh, I don't know why I'm telling the story. So I remember uh, me and the general, right, we, we uh we uh we we swapped spit. I remember she was on crutches, right? She's on crutches. She's on crutches. So we had this party. You know, everyone's you know having a party. She's on crutches. And the next day in school, he looks at, he looks at me and goes, "On crutches, really? Crutches, really?" I said, "What are you talking about? What do you freaking do?" He said, "What do you what, the, what did you freaking leave a hickey?" I said, "No, I would never do that. What are you talking about? No, it's all good. No <laughs> hashtag no August." But I realized, what an August move. Like, any dudes that's out there, like, leaving hickeys, like, what an August, you little August platypus. Like, what's going on? Why am I telling the story? Oh, the reason why I'm telling the story is because, right, so two years go by, right? So me and the general, we meet up in, like, oh my gosh, uh, we meet up in, like, Europe, right? We meet up in Europe, and all my boys, my new boys that are in Europe, they don't know who she is, right? We go to this wrestling match, and I beat the F out of this dude. And it's not true to my own home, but I was just hyped up because I had people that knew me there. So she goes and she says to my face, money, don't tell anybody that I kissed you. I said, I would not tell anybody. The freak, who am I going to tell? These people don't know you. I would never. And she goes, you know who I'm talking about? I said, sure, no problem. And as soon as, <laughs> as, soon as she did it, I just, I was August. I freaking, I hit up Prashad. And I remember him. It was like a scene from, if you ever watched Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, in world cursey jack sparrow you broke the pirate's code <laughs> and i was thought of me being funny and bragging on i was like oh who am i to brag that's toxic like you should never brag that a girl whatever age you are had the 
the niceness to be all like, I'm interested in you to do this, so why the freak would you tell my business? That's toxic. So we got to cancel all that toxic masculinity and all that stuff like that, man. Uh, what a, let, me wrap, let me wrap with the story. What I'm trying to say is my name is Jared Waters, and I'm a recovering toxic male. That's what I am. And every day I'm getting better. Every day I'm, I'm learning. My lady teaches me. My little baby sisters, they teach me. And uh, I'm, I'm freaking getting better day by day. I had an August. I, th- I didn't have an August situation, but I tell it maybe this is August on stage. I was 21, maybe 21 young, and I met this 61 year old, uh, <laughs> this 61 year old lady. And like I said, August, the excitement. Like I get the excitement. You're excited and you want to tell somebody. And me and the 61 year lady, we met, and I remember I, she walked up to me talking about, what's up, stud? I was like, stud? I was like, what are you about to do? She's like, I'm hanging out with you. I was like, this is Major Tom to ground control. I'm stepping through the door. So we start hanging out, right? We're hanging out. We uh, we get in an entanglement. And <laughs> and the craziest part about the whole story was it was cool, but it was like kind of like big with Tom Hanks. And it's and in my mind, it's just exciting because you're 61. Like, this is cool. And this is when my grandmother is still living. So she's all like, uh, who's your grandmother? I said, like, I'm not going to tell you because y'all might know each other. So she would, like, drive me to Chapel Hill, and I'm in Greenville. And she's like, you know, buy me Bojangles and stuff like that. Let me drive her little old car. One thing about old women are, especially past 60, I don't know about, I don't know if she's dead either because that's 11 years, 11 years ago. She ain't, I don't know, I don't, I don't know. I think I go, I think she ghosted me or, or dialysis, I don't know. It's, uh, never mind, that's, that's, that's ageism. But, so, <laughs> so what happened was every time we would hang out, I don't know what it is with older women. They don't like ceiling fans. Like, I don't know if it's like a hypnotism, but every time the ceiling, to turn that ceiling fan off, it's cold in here. And as soon as I turn it on, I turn that thing on the middle one where it starts spinning, and she would just fall asleep. I was like, dang. As soon as she would, like, complain, I hit that ceiling fan. <laughs> and I think about older, this is my August moment, think about older women, too. Like, when you talk to older, they love making fun of you. They love making, you're such a boy, you probably couldn't vote, you're such a boy. Right, but when you make fun of their age, they don't like it. I was like, "Yeah, all right, okay, Grandma, I wasn't there. If JFK was assassinated." It's like, "What? Yeah, I wasn't there when Roots <laughs> premiered on TV," and she got mad. And I was like, "You know, you're not even a cougar anymore. You're a dinosaur." She got mad and like walked towards the door, and she took a stab at me. She goes, "If I'm a dinosaur, what does that make you? You've been spending all your time with a dinosaur. What does that make you? If yeah, if I'm a dinosaur, I said that makes me a paleontologist. I study fossils." <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was my August entanglement. But I'm uh, like I said, my name is Jared Waters. I'm a recovering toxic male, and I am getting better day by day, day by day. I'm learning a lot, and the thing is to listen, is to listen, to listen, to listen. My friend, she made a wonderful point. She is in a loving relationship, but a while before that, she was very, and I say this promiscuous. She was, uh, she threw a, she was throwing her platypie out to a lot of. Uh, a lot of our colleagues that we work with inside the comedy community, and she said something that resonated me. And she goes, do you think people don't respect me for what I do? And I was like, you know, sometimes when you work with people, you don't want to be. And she goes, why can guys do that? And it's cool, but a girl does that. And I was like, you're right. You're freaking right. Who am I to tell you what to do with your platter? You throw it whoever you want. Boomerang it. I don't give an F. But it's crazy now as she's in a relationship and this guy is treating her nice, and she goes, I don't. I don't know how I feel about this because he's so sweet. He's so nice. He adores me. I'm like, that's the way you're supposed to be treated. Like sometimes when you're so used to a, 
a specific treatment and then when you get this better treatment you wonder like is something wrong with me why am i getting treated like this like no this was the treatment you were supposed to be getting but i don't know how i, I don't know how i got here oh yeah uh, yeah because it's toxic men and like i think like not just men like gay men could be toxic too my roommate in orlando florida he was a toxic gay dude he was my roommate and first of all just a dirty dude just the dirtiest dude i've he was 405, and he had food everywhere, drawers everywhere, just a dirty dude. But this is when Grinder was big, and he was just bringing dudes back and just airing them out. And I remember every time we would go places, he goes, yep, I got that dude, got that dude, got that dude. And he would tell me all these stories about these dudes. And I didn't realize, oh, wow, he was doing the same thing, that same toxic. Like, he's over here slut-shaming these dudes. And I remember it was one night, he was just, like, sad. And I asked him, I was like, yo, Phil. It's Friday night. You about to bring some dudes back? You about to bring something back? He goes, no, I'm not, man. I said, you hunting tonight? He goes, no. Uh, Jared, what you don't know about me is I'm a cub. And I'm like, dude, you 405 pounds. If you would have said baby rhinoceros, yeah, I can understand that. He goes, no, I'm a cub because I'm looking for, I'm a young gay male. I'm looking for a bear, which is an older gay male. I was like, oh, I didn't even know that. So he, like, taught me about all this other stuff. But he was, like, very toxic. He was just bringing dudes back. And he was just airing out their businesses and stuff like that. And I was like, wow, it's a toxic. It ain't just with straight men. It's with all men in general. That's what I guess that was the point. So men in general, like, let's 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 get it. Let's freaking let's listen to women. Let's listen to everybody and get rid of this toxic stuff, man. I'm trying, man, day by day, exploring myself. I'm trying. Okay, I like this topic. Uh, yeah, Kanye West dropped out, but he's back inside the presidential debates, which I think is great. Make sure you sign his uh, petition for him to get put in South Carolina. I don't want to be the person to petition for Kanye West. But I think if it's already a circus, so add another character to the circus, Joe, uh, Donald, and Kanye. I think it would be great. I think President Trump will say some wild stuff. I think President or Joe Biden will say wild stuff. And I think Kanye West will say some wild stuff too. Like, how do you feel about the economy? Closed on Sunday. U.S. is my Chick-fil-A. I like it. I think Kanye West might change the national anthem and change it to We Don't Care. Off the college dropout, one of my favorite songs. All my people that's drug dealing just to get by. Stacking money, tell me it's sky high. Doom, doom, boom. I think it's the good thing if Kanye West is pregnant, they're going to expose the Kardashians and we're going to find out who Chloe's dad is, which is O.J. Simpson. Like I always said, it's O.J. All the Kardashians, I met I met some of them, they're all five foot. They are not that big. These are the shortest girls you'll ever see. And Chloe's 5'10". And their dad is not 5'10". But O.J. is. So that's got to be Orenthal Jones. Is his name Orenthal Jones? That might be O.J.'s kid. So shout out to my dog, O.J. Simpson. But yeah. It's uh, it's great. It's a, it's a, it's it's like a troll. I think like the people in the White House just troll people. A lot of people protesting Goya beans. Shout out to my Hispanic people and my Spanish speakers who uh, use Goya beans. They're protesting Goya beans, and it's like the president and his daughter are just trolling people. Like, yeah, you don't like Goya beans, but we do. And it was Chris Cro, Chris Cuomo. Oh, I got I gotta play this clip. This is Chris Cro. This is Chris Cuomo going off about Goya beans and the president. You tell me how president in the middle of a pandemic has got time for this bullshit <laughs> are you kidding me hawking products i'm going i don't care who it is resolute desk this is what he's resolute about yeah this dude is so is this just this is we're living in uh we're living in it man we're living in snl sketches that's what we're doing <laughs> 
protesting in Goya. But shout out to Chris Cuomo auditioning for HBO. He cursed live on the air. I was like, what am I watching? Golly, man. Live on the freaking air. Uh, we're about to get ready to end. Um, we're about to end this thing. It's been this. If we don't, I don't want to go that long, you know. Uh, if you ask me about 50 Cent T.I., you know, 50 Cent's my favorite rapper, man. But I am from the South. So uh, I don't know who would win. Uh, I don't even want to guess. I I don't think it should happen because these two people are aggressive. And I saw this email. Where a lot of the how do I feel about 50 Cent's comments about black women. And I really think uh, this, and I will never take his side because black women are not aggressive people and they're not loud people. I think that's a stereotype perpetuated by society that we should not be criticizing people and i think black women are exotic i think people when you're not from a different part of the world you are exotic to whatever country you're from so in america people might be exotic from different countries but i lived in europe and i was considered exotic i remember people lusting after me you're a black american you're the black yes and i was like no i'm from canada no no you're black you're hip-hop you are you are hip-hop you are black you are cool you're hip-hop i remember a dude one time i forgot where i was i went i was in elat Israel, and he was dating this black girl, a black American girl, and this guy was telling me, he goes, she's not uh, aggressive, she's not uh, yell at me, she's not, uh, you know, she's not, uh, she not uh, black. I said, how are you going to tell me she's not black? She's blacker than me. He goes, yeah, but she's not the American block. She's not like basketball wives, you know, aggressive. I need love, love, love. And I was like, not all black people are like that, man. So it is a stereotype that people project i don't think all black women are mean at all i love black women and all my sisters are black and all yeah so like that's a that's that's very optimistic but when you're talking about exotic people i think every person is exotic depending where you are in the world right if you lived in freaking texas and then a span and if you come and you're brazilian of course ain't a lot of brazilians in texas because you're going to be exotic but if you go to brazil and you're a white girl from freaking Austin, Texas, going to Brazil. You're exotic to them. What's up, baby? Whoa, what? 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 So I think everyone's exotic. But the other statement, yeah, no, nah, I'm not. I'm not down with that at all. I'm not down with that. Uh, Terry Crews, you know, I don't even get into Terry Crews, but he actually made a good statement. Deformed Pornhub. I get it. Yeah, deformed Pornhub. A lot of these porn stars don't get paid. If you notice that, my friend, she's a porn star. And, well, she's not. She's a former porn star. She's a comic now. But she said the reason why she got out of the business because no, all the streams messed up her video sales and people weren't paying for it since it was free. There was no way for her to get residuals. So I get that. Start her OnlyFans. That's what Beyonce said. OnlyFans. I met a comic today. She sells OnlyFans. Just her feet. Makes $5,000. So I get that. I, okay, that's the one thing I can agree with Terry. Everything else, F. Terry Cruz is a <laughs> uh, everything else. Yeah, his opinions are wild. Okay, I'm reading this. How do you feel about Daniel Snyder himself? Oh, Washington Redskins. Uh, be honest, they're so stupid up there. I don't know. They might change the Redskins name to the Last of the Mohicans. I think, <laughs> I think they should find like, you know, find Native Americans so they can pick the name out. If it's obviously it's a offensive slur, change it. You know, but I can understand why people don't want to change it. They're used to it. But like, you had a hundred years, like over eighty years with this Redskins name. Just freaking change it if they don't like it. Uh, they probably got to go into Peter Pan then and what makes a red man red. But I guess they were talking about something else. But that, and the last one, this is the last one where it ended like this. Meg Thee Stallion shot in the foot. What? Meg Thee Stallion was shot in the foot? Really? Let me Google this. 
Okay, you all right. Whoa, Meg the Stallion shot in the foot by Tory Tory Lanez. That Tory Lanez is five foot three. Holy f, he's small. Tory Lanez is five foot three. <laughs> he's five foot three. As mayor of the Munchkin City, county of the land of Oz, Ducey. Seems like he shot her in the foot. Man, he's really breaking up Hot Girl Summer. Wow, man, he really, that's how you stop Hot Girl Summer, shooting him in the foot. Uh, which is not funny. You know, it's funny. I guess the situation is funny. All these memes I'm seeing are, like, very funny. It's like, <laughs> boys in the hood funny. But, uh, no, that's not cool at all. That is not cool at all. And the last one, oh, oh prayers up to Tamar Braxton. I know a lot of people that write. Some of my friends write for that show. They write for uh, the WeTV. And uh, they told me that, you know, she's very nice on set. A lot of people say she's very sweet. Um, one of my friends is a makeup artist, and she said she's done work on Tamar. She's very sweet. You don't know what people are going through, man. Suicide is real. A lot of people have suicidal thoughts, man. And she was close to doing it. <sighs> I don't know. Maybe I'm too religious, man. I'm too scared of eternity to think about suicide. I, th I think about suicide, but I'm too scared of death, man. I'm too scared of hell. Like, when you grew up in the South, man, you grew up in church, man. We They preach hell all the time. I remember my grandfather saying this. I remember I'm in North Carolina. It's freaking hot. It's maybe 90 degrees, and he has a heater next to his foot. And I was like, Granddaddy, can you just turn off the heater, please? And he goes, I'm cold. I said, no, we're all hot. It's 110 degrees in here. He says, 110 degrees in here? I said, yeah, it's 110 degrees. He said, well, you know you know, it's 110 degrees? I said, yes, it's 110 degrees. He goes, well, you know hell is a whole lot hotter than this. <laughs> you get your life right. And that, that, that asked me up, man, thinking about hell, man, so. Yo, shout out. If you, anyone has suicidal thoughts, talk to somebody, man. Freaking talk to somebody. Uh, you don't got to go in this world alone, man. There's therapists out there. Uh, so it's freaking talk. Talk to somebody if you got the chance. Uh, we're going to end the podcast uh, by, saying, by saying this. Happy birthday to my dear friend Amanda Welch. I know we ain't talked in a while, but happy birthday. I saw it was your birthday. Happy birthday to my homie Brittany Santos. Shout out to her and happy birthday to my friend Brianca. McKinley, we went to college together. Sweet Pea, what's going on, girl? Happy birthday. And, uh, yeah, so that's the podcast, One Man, One Tree in a Hill. Uh, we didn't sell the podcast. We still got it. We still got it. And we just have a team now. So we got a lot of people producing the podcast. Uh, shout out to the producers. Uh, I know I'm, like, all over the place a little bit doing stand-up and everything else. But these producers are legit. And they're like, I feel weird promoting the podcast. Like, follow my Facebook page. But they're like, we'll do it for you. I was like, F it. Why not? So... Like, subscribe to the podcast, do what you got to do. And we're going to end the podcast on a poem. This is a poem by my friend Carla Aloness. Uh, that's her, her different name. Well, she has her maiden name, but that's her, her married name. This is Carla. Carla, uh, check out her episode, episode 27. But Carla, she writes poetry, and she's everything that's right in the world. And we're going to end on her poem that she wrote. Here we go. Let me know when I can afford living because I'm tired of being poor. Let me know when I have worked enough to die happy. Let me know when I can buy something just because it is fun. Let me know when I can wear a little black dress again. Let me know if I will be free or if it's just words on a good book to try to make me feel tingles, telling me again to wait. So I am waiting. I will be there. At least an hour late, I'll be there. Wanting crumbs because I forgot the taste of fresh bread in the oven. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jared Waters. This is the podcast One Man, One Tree in a Hill. It's a podcast about being alone with your own thoughts. It's a podcast where 
we learn from each other. If someone's taking a master class on life, we're looking at it through another person's lens. Next Tuesday, we have a special episode by my dear friend, Miss Brandy Bo Zierzyk. It's hard saying her husband's last name is um is Polish. But we did a podcast, and boy, me and her met 2003, and we talk about marriages. We're talking about love, leaving an abusive relationship. And folks, let me tell you, that's one of the best. We got to do it in parts. So these podcasts that I do with friends that I haven't seen in a couple years, we go for hours and hours. So we're breaking up into two halves, the first half, and then we'll drop the second half Friday, and then we'll do the Woody's Roundup Sunday like we always do. So that's what we're going to do. Also, to the people who've been wanting these One Tree Hill episodes, I'm sorry I said I'm going to do them, but I'm effing. I promise I'm going to do them. But this is the podcast. Like, subscribe, rate the podcast, do what you do. And remember to love somebody. Love somebody. Hug somebody. And if you're thinking about somebody, say something, man. You don't know what you can say to make somebody's day. So if you see somebody with a heart, hanging with somebody, say what up. And just remember, just let them know, uh, you know, when I hit people up, I'm just saying hi, you know what I mean? I ain't trying to rekindle anything else. I'm not trying to bring back old memories. I'm just trying to say hi. I'm just trying to say, hey, I love you. I got nothing but love for you. I'm passing that love for you like Heavy D said. So spread love, man. Spread love if you can. Try to be nice to somebody. Try to be supportive. My name is Jerry Waters. It's one man, one tree in a hill. Peace up, your mama's favorite comedian. Live on the podcast on One Man, One Tree, One Hill. Say what up to the people. This is when I see black excellence, man. It's Dave Chappelle, Michael Che, Lauren Michaels, Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy, all sitting at the table. I said, yo, Eddie, Mr. Murphy, I said, I just want to say, man, you're the GOAT, man. And you're the coldest nigga that ever walked the face of the earth. And then I said, and I said, uh uh-uh, uh, and I'll be the next Jamar Neighbors. And she was up like, I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you got to break that thing over. She wants it private, but y'all not even together right now. So we haven't spoken about anything but the cat for at two least months. two months. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the podcast. My name is Jerry Waters, and I'll catch you next time. Like, subscribe, rate the podcast. Have a wonderful night, wonderful day, whatever you're listening to. I'll see you soon.